Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. This week, Alyssa Mastromonaco calls in to talk about the bad news, the Epstein mess, and some good news, Elizabeth Warren making history again. Then comedian Kathy Griffin joins Kieran Deal and Naomi Ekparrigan in studio to discuss creeps and creepiness. And as always, the hills will die on. Before we get to the show, a little bit of housekeeping. If you want to submit a hill you'll die on, you can record a 30-second voice memo on your phone and send it to hysteria at crooked.com. You can also send questions for Dude You Asked to hysteria at crooked.com, and we will try to answer them on video on a future episode. Second item of business, Hysteria merch is available. It's selling like hotcakes. You know what? Why do people say that? I feel like people have joked around this. I've never been in a place where I've needed to buy a hotcake, but whatever. The tank, uh, the muscle tank with the mouth on it is almost sold out. So if you want a muscle tank with a hysteria mouth on it, then head to store.crooked.com to get it before it's gone. Another item on the agenda, Pod Save America is going on tour and I will be guest co-hosting at the show in Denver on July 17th and in Salt Lake City on July 18th. The Denver show is at the Belco Theater and the Salt Lake City show is at the Eccles Theater. So you can get your tickets at crooked.com slash events. You can see me on stage podcast with my face. We're trying a new thing where I give a shout out to a special group of listeners this week. I want to give a shout out to members of the trans and non-binary community who listen. I know a lot of you get in touch over Instagram and Twitter and the socials. And I know also Pride Month is over, but we are always proud that you tune in to this show. Now let's get to it. Hello. Hello, Alyssa. That was very musical. I tried. (laughs) That was very musical, too. (laughs) (laughs) What can I say? I'm a lyrical gal. You are. You're a lyrical gal genius. I could say that your lyrics have been um, a bright spot in this week. I've been kind of bummed. Me, too. 
like, what is your main source of being bummed out this week? I suspect it's the same as mine, but let's talk. Well, let's talk. I mean, first, it's hot as fuck in upstate New York. That's just number one. Okay. Which means you're trapped inside consuming the news. Sure, sure. And there's a and lot the of news it. is a bummer. Yes. Bummer. Um, where should we even start? Alex Acosta, Jeffrey Epstein, like what a basket of deplorables, if you will. Yeah, I'm kind of starting to feel like Donald Trump has never met a Caucasian male sex offender. He hasn't wanted to appoint to a cabinet position. When he leaves the White House, he's going to have like a burning man just for white male sex offenders so that they can all get together and talk about how they fucking skirted the system and got away with nearly murder. Yeah, it's it's pretty insane. Let's talk about the Epstein thing. Let's right. uh, let's talk about the Epstein thing and the way that it ties to our current state of politics. Because I think if Jeffrey Epstein were just a just just a billionaire, if he were a billionaire who happened to know a lot of famous people, and those famous people didn't include the president and the secretary of labor who cut him a sweetheart deal. I, I think it would still be a massive news story. But in this way, it, it makes me almost want to move into like a tinfoil house because it's like, it, wait, if all of these people knew that this was going on for all of this time and all of these men were complicit in in protecting Jeffrey Epstein's, I guess, proclivities, um, how how much of the world is devoted to this? How much of the world is devoted to abusing girls and women and covering it up for rich people? And literally think it's just not a problem. Like, don't give it a second thought. Of course, we've got your back, Jeffrey, because you didn't do anything wrong. And you know what? I think it's not that they actually think he didn't do anything wrong. It's that they all got some shit in their closets mm -hmm. and they're like, we can't be like, that's the interesting thing I find about this. It's like, who is speaking out against it? It's like, if you're not speaking out against this, if you're not one speaking out against the actual perp, but then not speaking out against the people who cut him this irrationally lenient deal. Mm -hmm. Like, why aren't they? What have they done? And those people, chief among them being Alan Dershowitz mm -hmm. and, and Ken Starr, who are defending him like legally, mm -hmm. but also have histories of their own. Yeah. Alyssa, honestly, if I saw this all written out in the form of an internet comment before I knew any of this was reported out and true, I would think it was crazy. Like the the a billionaire financier, Jeffrey Epstein, whose chief client was the head of limited brands, um, Len Wexner, who uh, which owns Victoria's Secret, which is already advertised like a fancy brothel. Um, right. his, that's his chief client. And he was living in the Virgin Islands in Manhattan and Santa Fe and Palm Beach and essentially running underage girls like a sort of pyramid scheme of underage girls who were being paid to commit sex acts. And the people covering up for him included Alex Acosta, who um, 10 years ago was a federal, um, he was a U.S. attorney in Miami. It was Alan Dershowitz, who works with the president. It was Ken fucking Starr, who made a name 
trying to make Bill Clinton out like he was some kind of uh, some some kind of like predator for like for for engaging sexually with Monica Lewinsky, and who was young at the time. And shamed a 24 year old. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just it all seems so like I said before, it all seems so tinfoil hat. What Can do you- we also just discuss for one hot second the fact that, um, <laughs> that like something's going on in Palm Beach? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Rewind to Bob Craft. There's Mar-a-Lago. There was this trafficking palace that Epstein had. And it's like, what is going on down in Palm Beach? I mean, it has the word palm right in it. I guess. I mean, I always thought it was sort of a lovely place, but now you couldn't pay me to go there. Yeah, it does. It does seem really bad. Robert Kraft, by the way, was sitting at the head table at a, an official White House function. I this saw week. that for the <laughs> is, of Qatar. <laughs> which is crazy. This honestly, if this were written as a TV show, like a true detective. It would be absurd. I the would be like. would be like suspend belief and you might be able to get through one episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah like the president would be friends with every rich sex offender. That is and completely like, if unfeasible. This a, if this were a Lifetime movie, people would be like, Lifetime's finally jumped the shark with these incredulous storylines. Yes, completely. But the, the good news is that Epstein is currently in jail in New York because the Southern District of New York decided to go over the Southern District of Florida's homework and essentially charge him with the crimes, um, with crimes based on new evidence that they've found. Um, Another thing I wanted to talk about, and he's he's facing, um, I think it's a 53-page federal indictment that could put him in prison for the rest of his life. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, Alex Acosta's attempt at uh, image rehab yesterday. I don't know if you, <laughs> I don't know if you saw that, Alyssa. But on Twitter, the Secretary of Labor tweeted something about how like he was glad he was glad that Epstein. There was new evidence and that prosecutors were going after Epstein. And if you are a Twitter user, any any of the listeners, if you guys are Twitter users, just go ahead and find that tweet and look at how many replies there are to it, and look at how many likes. I think it's it was at last time I looked, it was at like twenty thousand replies and like one thousand likes. <laughs> it, that's called a ratio, friends. That's called getting ratio. He so a couple interesting things. So today, Wednesday, there is a press. He's giving a press conference at two thirty, which I can imagine is just going to be the personification, (laughs) like like the, like he's just going to live that tweet out loud, Mm -hmm. right? Because you know, he's not making reparation or he's not going to apologize, let's say. Mm -hmm. But the other thing about him is that he is, you know, before he came out yesterday and said, oh, I'm so glad that all of these things have come to light. And now he will, he will, you know, there will be justice. Okay, couple things. You knew he was a fucking sex offender. You know that he was trafficking girls. So why, as Secretary of Labor, did you cut the budget that deals with sex trafficking by over fifty million dollars? Mm-hmm. Right. I think One. it was from from the from uh, sixty five million plus down to like eighteen million. Or eighteen. Yeah. yeah, down to eighteen. And why did you? I mean, like it's just his whole. I was, you're like, his whole deal is like, no, you're misunderstanding me. Yeah. I did the right thing in Florida and tell me, I I think that I understand this correctly. He had said that the state grand jury back when this was being litigated in 2008, the state grand jury was only going to charge him with one 
crime, which would have set him free. And that he was the, you know, <laughs> humanitarian in chief who was like, no, no, no. Ugh. We'll charge him with two and he'll register as a sex offender and he'll do jail time. Jail time, mind you, which was set at 18 months, right. of which he served 13. And he got out six early. Six days a week, of which six days a week he got to go to his office and continue making money. Mm-hmm. And when he got How out early, he threw a party for himself and a lot of people attended. But Alyssa, you bring up a really interesting point. The human trafficking, the, the optics, and I hate that so much of this administration is run on optics, but sometimes optics can be used for good. I think recently the president has tried to portray himself as an opponent of human trafficking. And, and he's done it in a way that hasn't necessarily been truthful, like in most things that he does. But I think that seeing Acosta being so tied to such a high profile, clear case of human trafficking and meanwhile slashing the budget designed to fight human trafficking, I think that that just politically looks bad for the president if he's trying to further himself as this. Oh, but I'm I'm helping women. And in the, in the going back to what happened in 2008, the most egregious part, which any person who is dedicated to law and order SVU, as I am, mm-hmm. knows that you have to talk to the victims about the plea deal. Mm-hmm. And he specifically didn't. He specifically kept the victims in the dark. And you just have to wonder why. Why? If it was so, if he did such a good thing, if he got more than the state grand jury was going to do, then why wouldn't he have included the victims Mm -hmm. in the discussion? Right. And it's because he's a terrible person. And I think that that is something that like as the secretary of labor who oversees sex trafficking, I actually do think that's enough for people to be like, you have to fucking quit. Like, goodbye. Yeah, Yeah, he has to quit or he has to be impeached. But I I do want to say one not silver, silver lining, I guess. Go I, ahead. I want you to can... talk, I want to talk a little bit about Julie K. Brown. I want to talk about the Miami Herald, Herald reporter who went after this. Wouldn't um, you say that she is our collective toast for this week? I think that she absolutely is our collective toast for this week. Julie K. Brown, a journalist for the Miami Herald, who for, I think, two years was chasing this story down. And talked to the victims that Acosta did not talk to. She was able to get them to talk to her on the record. She was able to, she, she like stalked Epstein around trying to get him to talk to her. He wouldn't talk to her. And I was reading a New York Times profile of her that they just published um, this week. And basically the closest she's ever been to Epstein was when she was at his trial on Monday. And she said he looked small to her, which I love. Uh, But Julie K. Brown came up from low class, middle class roots, worked her ass off, paid for her own J school. She's a, she's a, she's a pit bull and she's amazing. And the people of Palm Beach and America are lucky to have her. And as we saw with Harvey Weinstein and other people whose, uh, you know, sexual violence was brought to light by really good reporters, you know, just a few days after her piece um, is published, new people are, new women are coming out of the woodwork who Mm -hmm. are being like, yes, this happened to me too this morning on the Today Show. Jennifer Arose, Arose, do you know how to say her last name? I'm not positive, but there was a new woman who came forward today, correct? Yes. And she was 15 years old and she said the memory of him raping her 
that it was rape, that it did happen, and that she's just so upset she didn't come forward because it could have helped so many other people. Like it could have stopped him. So it's amazing that this woman who was violated feels more guilt about what happened than any of these fucking rich white men. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, uh, that's, that's depressing. But, you know, another thing, going back to Alan Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz personally called the, or he he lobbied the Pulitzer Committee after Julie Brown's work was published last fall and uh, called it fake news and shoddy reporting and advocated against it winning any awards. So, Oh, because he was afraid no one on Martha's Vineyard was going to talk to him anymore. Uh, look, if Alan Dershowitz loves real America so much, then why is he constantly trying to hang out in Martha's Vineyard? That's all. I, go to a Cracker Barrel, Alan Dershowitz. Those are your people. Go. That's Those are your people. Go there. Anyway, he's the worst. He's He's definitely the worst. But right now, I'm glad that Julie K. Brown is still out there, still fighting. And I'm glad that this story is playing out in public. And I hope that Jeffrey Epstein rots in jail. Julie K. is the Megan Rapinoe of journalism this week. (laughs) Absolutely. Real quick, (laughs) one more story before we have to go, because this time always goes by way too fast. I know. And this is actually a good story. This is a this is a good story. Our girl, Elizabeth Warren. Crushing it. Crushing it. Alyssa, what did you think when you found out how much she brought in this last quarter? Do you mean that Elizabeth Warren raised $19.1 million by having plans and talking about them, by raising all of that money without doing one fundraiser, without dealing with any lobbyists, just from the American people who on average gave her $48 per donation? Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. To me... I'm going to tell you, I did a little dance in the produce aisle at the Hannaford down the street. I felt really good about it because what did we say when we first started talking about 2020? That that it was incumbent upon us and everybody else to like read what people, not listen to what reporters were saying the candidates were talking about, Mm -hmm. like actually listening to what they were doing. And EW has just been like the rapid fire, you know, plan every week or every couple of days because she's actually been thinking about her reason for being president and what she could bring. Mm-hmm. And so we've called her the tortoise. And I think that she is she is surpassing the hair. <laughs> yeah. She her her campaign has been really impressive. And not only has it been a refreshing turn to be able to actually read a plan from a candidate and to be confident that every time something bad happens that Elizabeth Warren is probably thinking about it and developing a plan. I think that she's raised the quality of this race, generally speaking, because there are other candidates who aren't by any means bad, who I find very interesting. Some of them did really well in the debate stage. Some of them are are candidates that I would consider supporting in the primary. Some of them are candidates that, that I think would make great presidents. But they've all kind of elevated their game. And I think Elizabeth Warren has been leading the way. And the American people seem to acknowledge that and appreciate that. And that's where the $19.1 million came from. No fundraisers, Alyssa. That, no fundraisers. That's crazy. So proud. So I was so excited. Yeah. It's it's a million dollars more than Senator Sanders and $7 million more than Harris. I mean, I was going to say not that it's a contest. It absolutely is a contest, but not that we think that those two are bad. We're just very proud of Elizabeth Warren for being such an unconventional candidate. And you know what? If she gets a nomination, she could totally change the way presidential politics works. Exactly. And because months ago when she announced she wasn't going to do high dollar fundraisers, wasn't going to take lobbyist money, all that stuff. 
the entire chattering class was like, oh, sad. It's because she knows she's doing badly and wants an excuse for why she's not going to raise money. Mm-hmm. And it's like that scene in Goodwill Hunting. It's just like, how do you like me now? <laughs> right. How do you like them apples? How do you like them apples? <laughs> yeah. And then one more thought. Uh, before we go, yes, I think that an important thing for people to remember is if we take a look at these fundraising numbers, these were a lot of people just making small decisions by themselves. And anytime anybody tries to think who's electable, who's not electable, just take a look at how many people chose to donate to Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders or, you know, any candidate that has a campaign that is funded mostly by small donations is electable because they have moved that many people to open up a browser window, type in their credit card number and hit donate. That is that means that she is electable. So anybody who's kind of still tossing around the can a woman be president thing and trying to play pundit. Who's that one really bad one on Morning Joe? (laughs) <laughs> that one really bad one. Um, you know, I'm talking oh, about Donnie Joy. Yes. Any anytime anybody's, you know, tries to play, you know, pundit is a woman electable is a woman not electable. Just take a look at what Elizabeth Warren did this last quarter. She's absolutely electable. And don't let punditry influence what you think as a voter. Exactly. Okay. Well, I guess our toast this week was to Julie K. Brown from the Miami Herald for both of us. Yes. And uh, we'll save our roast for next week then. Yeah, next week will be like a big roast. Oh, yeah. It's 100% going to be a roast. It's it's like marshmallow roasting season. So we're going to do some roasting. I'll bring the graham crackers. Excellent. Talk to you then, <laughs> Alyssa. Okay, bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I, mean, I just like, I, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time yeah. when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast, no dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito, <laughs> not, not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. 
And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. To, I refuse to be uncomfortable I refu- if I want to be productive. I refuse <laughs> to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like yeah. Viore is perfect for it because they the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Especially, Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on a, like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah. you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. It's perfect. He is. Like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple of years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. A car is never just a car. Kelly Blue Book knows it's so much more than that. It's your commuting chariot, your road trip refuge, your I just need a reason to get out of the house. Your car is there for everything. And for everything car, there's Kelly Blue Book. Need a new set of wheels? Price it on Kelly Blue Book. Problem under the hood? Fix it with Kelly Blue Book. Can another car do the job better? Trade it or sell it on Kelly Blue Book. We're here mile after mile, moment after moment. Price it, fix it, trade it, sell it. KBB.com. Visit kellybluebook.com to get the journey started.
And we're back with the section of the show where we talk about personal issues that spill into the political. We call it personal political. I want to bring in the wonderful women with me this week. First up, we have comedian, writer, and host of the Couples Therapy Podcast, Naomi Ekparrigan. Hey, girls. Hey. Hey. It's been, it's been a minute. Welcome. <laughs> welcome back. Didn't you just go to Europe with your mom? Oh, I did indeed. And as you know, it was a process. Did you guys get along? Cassie. Oh, boy. No. <laughs> oh no. Boy. We did our best. We did our best. And I think that sometimes your best is all you can do. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need political. to call your mom after this. I want to get her side. I want to get her side. Get her That's on the phone true. now. Get her on the phone now. <laughs> Stick around next week. Naomi's mom. <laughs> Naomi's mom and just me. It's just a one-on-one for the week. Next up, we have actor, comedian, and director, and multi-hyphenate of other things that I'm probably not saying, encompassing. Kieran Deal. I'm walking Woo! here. I'm walking here. I just got back from New York. <laughs> I can ah, tell. Oh, yeah. I can tell. Oh, I knew that. Full of rage. And by the way, I like that you're turning into, are you turning into the old John Voight or the old Dustin Hoffman? Because I'm the new John Voight is very confusing to me. No. <laughs> I'm going old, coming home John Voight. <laughs> John Voight can take a long walk off the Right, with here. Jimmy oh. Woods. What happened to those two? They Their careers started ending and they were like, I can get attention by being I a know, total like Dennis prick. Miller. I need a job. Yeah, okay. yep, totally. And... <laughs> Last but not least, you've heard you've heard her talking throughout the introduction <laughs> for the first time on Hysteria. She is a comedian. She is a provocateur. She is the star of the new film, Kathy Griffin, A Hell of a Story. It's Kathy Griffin. Oh my God! Woo! How did you book her? What a booking! This is a very high level booking. Um, I have to mention the, that the movie's out or in theaters July thirty first. Yes, it's part of this thing that the kids like called a Fathom event. Have you heard of this? No. Yeah. What? It's a whole new thing. Okay, so is they it like pick... intermittent fasting? <laughs> yes, it's like it's, bulletproof. You're coffee. not allowed to eat during it. Okay. No, um, they pick a movie, and you know this is. I mean, let's face it. It's a docu comedy. Get it? <laughs> I invented a genre. So the first third is a raw documentary as in Kathy ugly crying no makeup and then the, the second two thirds are comedy concert laughs all abound but it tells the whole Trump scandal and what they do is they show it for one night one showing only in 700 theaters across the United States oh my god I know edgy that's very edgy yeah did you see the new season of Black Mirror no. The, Why? the first episode contains a plot line where they try to make a digital copy of a pop star, and they're like, she can have 700 concerts at the same time. Like a and hologram she, thing? Yeah, yeah, and she <laughs> won't ever get tired. But I'm glad that this is a movie and not a hologram version yeah. of I it. I heard that um, Tony Robbins is trying to do a hologram tour to save money. And I want you to know <laughs> no. that after my Trump scandal, Tony Robbins sent me one of his stupid disc sets. And isn't he <laughs> the one that like poked the woman in the chest who said, I'm a Me Too survivor? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, fuck yeah. that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's a ch- and he sent you discs? What are you supposed to play discs on? <laughs> I don't know in his mansion in Florida where he doesn't pay state taxes. Yeah, yeah. I picture him to have like a very large entertainment system. Oh, you know, definitely. You know, I he's have a large very, man. Yeah. yeah. Which is also why that poking was even worse. No, Do you know and, what I mean? Like, I don't love this bad, but it's like, he's mass. He's a massive person. Right. Yeah. So imagine whatever this entertainment center is multiplied by 10. Yeah. A lot of masculinity. I like free things. 
Oh, so you're, so you're <laughs> as Aaron, as Aaron so knows. So you would have just been happy to get the free, free DVDs. I mean, I'm hearing just a lot of shade thrown at the, the free All right, discs, who do you think and I everyone should? else was like, me too. And I was like, tell me more about this free <laughs> paraphernalia. All right, so who do you think I should re-gift it to? Name a celebrity that you think Karen I should. Karen Deal. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> somebody, look, oh, look with time. your eyes, Kathy. All right, you're look right in front of me. Eyes. I'm going to have it shipped to you. <laughs> Staff, ship it to Karen. <laughs> um, well, on, on that note, let's get into the topic that we're going to discuss yes. today and this week. Um, Kathy, I wanted to bring up this topic because I think that you, out of all people, are uniquely positioned to talk about it because you have encountered so many of them so publicly. Yes. Mainly the creep in chief. It's that, creep week. It's creep week. It is creep week. We're going to talk about creeps. It's, you know, it, the Epstein story. It's a pandemic. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aziz Ansari is, did it release creepy. his comeback? Creepy. Yeah. We need to talk about creeps because yeah. I think that as women, we all kind of we all kind of know it. We know mm-hmm. we know it and we see it. It's like hardcore pornography. We know it and we see <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, right. But we need to it's like hardcore pornography. Yeah, that we was, should talk the, about the, the gradations Court, of pornography the once this Court is over. Ruled that hardcore pornography was an I know it when I see it situation. It's, <gasps> it was a whole <gasps> thing. It was like 20, 30 years ago. Don't worry about it. Okay. Anyway, was like, the yes, court is true. totally fine now. Yeah. They're totally fair it's and balanced. Totally. Court. We're all fine. No creeps on the Supreme Court. No. No. Not a one. Not a one. So, Kathy, I wanted to kick this off by asking you, in your definition, what is a creep? Well, I mean, I think Epstein is just a a, he's already convicted felon, a child molester. So he goes beyond creep. Right. But I will say the Aziz Ansari story is creepy. And -hmm. when I read that op ed and I don't want to even get into the like, was it appropriate or not appropriate? I've been that girl where you Mm go on a date with a guy and things are being weird and then you end up blowing him and you kind of feel like you were violated because you were because you kind of went against your instincts so I'm not accusing him of rape but he's a fucking creep he's a creep and I hate that all the boys club circled the wagons as usual like they're going to do with Louis C.K. and all the other ones and they're so terrified that if one goes down they're next and my theory is it is the creep community that wraps their creepy arms around the creep of the day. Right, right. Sure. Well, so it sounds like, Naomi, it sounds like creepy behavior is behavior that is not totally wanted. That's behavior that's like forced on without consent. Would you build on that definition? Of course I will, Erin, Gloria Ryan. For me, it's it's, it's both, it's not, you know, uh, coming at someone without their consent, but also because I think the thing a lot of women deal with, I'll speak from my experience, is when you don't want to heighten the situation, mm. you don't know if, how dangerous a person could become in the face of rejection. Um, so sometimes, you know, it is that for me, a creep is, is a person who one doesn't see the person they're kind of creeping attacking. Out. They're creeping out as as a human. It's like an object. And they're also not reading that person's cues, a, whether that cue is um I don't like you just period like, hey, guy on the train, don't stop talking to me mm. or like you are way too close to me physically right now mm. at this dinner party and I need you to move out of the way because... That was one time, Naomi. Kieran? <laughs> relax. See, that is creepy that she told me to relax. <laughs> I don't want to relax. She's in the great community. A, a card cake member. Day pass. I will say that it was... they give her a free gift. <laughs> they give her a free gift. I will say, it. you were like, you're like Alex Epstein from Florida. I'm like, I'm from Florida. Aziz Ansari, Indian. I was like, these are my people. <laughs> Just terrible. Yeah. Just you're, terrible. You're the like, like, epicenter of the creep. 
creep Venn yeah. diagram. I, yeah, I'm the epicenter of the creep community. It's just like literally my <laughs> own existence. Yes, exactly. So unwanted behavior that is like, I think the objectification thing is really important too, because it's like, but if they're objectifying you, why would they, why would you be sending any cues? You're well, not exactly, right? You're not Exa- a person. If you're not a person, then yeah, like they can't even read. You can the... send every cue in the world exactly. and they're still like not having it. Right. And, and I think that a lot of the creepy guys think like, this is called game. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're like, no, no, there, there's, there's a difference. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Game is charm. Right. Creep is creep. Mm-hmm. And also game, again, and even game, the act of a game, I got to be playing it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If you're going to kick your game to somebody who doesn't want to play, it's not game anymore. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're just throwing a basketball at my head. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not playing. I don't like this. <laughs> you're like, all. I was reading a book right. on the bench. <laughs> exactly. Karen, what would you classify as creepy behavior? Everything. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. I will say these are, these are, it's really interesting because these are very, tr- like, because the Epstein thing is so, um, it's, it's such an extreme example of the mm-hmm. behavior. Um, but like the thing I think can be hard with creepiness is sometimes one person thinks that they're being charming and funny and cool. And like, this is a mutual witty banter that we're having. And I'm like being flirty. And then the other person is like, dude, we're in an office right. or what <laughs> the fuck? Or, I'm like, pushing you physically away from exactly. me. Exactly. Right. Or I'm like, you. And, yeah. and, and like, in and the Aziz thing to me, like, I, like, I have a, I was like really thinking about this before coming on because it's like, I never like to like disparage Indians uh, publicly mm-hmm. um, because. What about privately? Always. Okay. Um, that's, a, that's different. I don't know if you feel that way about you yeah. know women or like, you know, whatever with like my community. I was like, there aren't really that many Indians. So I don't really like to say anything. But the thing that I have always like the thing that really upset me with the Aziz thing is it's like because Aziz, it isn't the same level. I mean, he wasn't having, you know, he, underage. He's not Epstein. We're yeah, not, like, we're not. Right yeah, yeah. It's, it's a different thing Nobody than Epstein. Is making no. that comparison. Yeah. No, no one's making not. that comparison. We're just saying their names in the same sentence together <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> repeatedly kind of and then referring to kind creeps again and again and but again. But in a very separate way. Yes, very yeah. Right. In a very separate way, separate but equal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so like. But 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 for me, the thing that was is very upsetting about Aziz, it's like is that he built his brand on feminism. He went out on like mm-hmm. many late night platforms and he was like, I'm a feminist. I'm a feminist. And then it's like he had a book called yes. Modern Romance that is a best selling New York Times book. Mm-hmm. And then he has a show called fucking Master of None. Yeah. where like on the show. The first episode, he's like fucking some girl and buys her plan B. And every time I think about that, I am Filled with the rage mm-hmm. that is still partly a residual of New York. That's that's <laughs> and the book was charming. Like I remember watching him yeah. do the book press, thinking like, good for him. He's being open about difficulties he has in dating, mm-hmm. and he's being vulnerable. Do you think that was part of his creepy game? But my part. And where was the claw? Like, where's the claw in Master of None? Where's the like dry humping a girl's butt in Master of None? Like, uh. where like you literally had a show that is dealing with the the notion and the nuances of modern romance, and there's some like conscious and subconscious thing where you like know certain behavior isn't acceptable. You do it behind closed doors. And then it's like, oh, I was like so confused. I was like, were you confused or were you genuinely just like not giving a fuck about anyone else? And then you I'm going to go with B. I'm yeah. going to go yeah. with B. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just saying because it's not like he's 12 years old. Like, exactly. So he's obviously, he's had a television show, several mm-hmm. television shows. I would say this is a honed creepiness. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I watched this special Selective last night. Creepiness. Yeah. So did, How was it? It was, I, I watched the first part of it because I wanted to see what he had to say. How repentant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that he brought 
brought it up. Yeah. I'm glad that he wasn't just, he's not just mm. Louis C.K.ing his way through it. But he seems like a person who was deeply wounded by all of this, which is totally understandable. Because mm-hmm. I think that the reason that he has been so singled out is because he's a famous guy. But I think a lot of guys have done things just like him. Sure. And he's mm-hmm. the one who has become the face of this behavior. Mm-hmm. And whether or not that's fair, that's what is. And so it was like watching somebody who was still very shaken and reckoning Mm -hmm. with something that had happened that was maybe disproportionate to the actual offense that he thought was just something that happened privately. So I'm not, I I don't want Is there any part of you though that thinks that that was orchestrated? Um, I don't know. He's, like if it were me and mm-hmm. I had done that, trust me, my next special, I would be very careful I, to I, try I, to phrase it in a way that lets the audience know like, hey, there are women in the audience. I get it. I'm aware of it. Right. So I'm going to have to watch it because I'm yeah. still not. I want to see if it's like. Say watch. I would say watch the beginning you know, part just because that's okay. when he talks about it. And, and did, I like him as a guy. Like I've met him several times and he couldn't be nicer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, I watched the clip. I watched the clip and it felt very like, oh, shucks. And a little bit of like the Southern twang was coming out and Spike Jones shot it, who's like kind of a guy's oh, guy. God. And it's all fucking like, you No, know, I'm just saying, and all skateboarders. And then it's like those like intimate shots. And then it's like the, you know, we're yeah. on the stage and it's like all of that's like a good filmmaker. And he's a phenomenal filmmaker, yeah. like also really knows what they're fucking doing. Let mm-hmm. me sit on the stool. Yes. It's hella it's fucking also, intimate. By the way, it's also like, a very privileged situation. Like I'm right. seriously. In that, <laughs> I looked at the yeah. other Indian in the room and he just looks at me and he's just like, <laughs> no way. We're disappointed. No, but I'm just saying like that is a real gift to have Netflix fund yes. someone like Spike Jones to do your special. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, you know, somebody had Haskell Wexler shoot their special and I was like, a special? Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's also, he probably had a lot of help from that team. Sure. Yeah. Who knows how to make a film. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure. I, I mean, Cinematically. The joke, and, yeah. the joke itself, though, and the words themselves, I think are worth parsing. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, this is like us focusing all our attention on Aziz Ansari, but he's like, <laughs> it, the reason that it was so resonant is because it was so common. Right. Like, and so it's so nuanced. Yeah. It definitely yeah. is in between the lines mm-hmm. of appropriate, not appropriate, you know, uh, creep. it really is creepy. It's, We're not right. saying aggra- aggravated assault. Yeah. We're not saying, you know, uh, a kiss on the cheek. It's that, I don't know, I for one have been in that situation. And so I, when I read that op-ed, I was like, oh, I've been there several times. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, it was creepy. He said that one of the things that's kind of sticking in a lot of people's craws is that he talked to a friend after that that whole thing. He never mm. really named it. Just kind of was that, it Jeffrey Epstein? That whole thing. I uh, <laughs> if they're if they're friends, I called my buddy Jeff. Yeah. So I and I had to commiserate. So I called Alex Acosta. He <laughs> pulled some strings for me. Said go for it. Yeah. The 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 court of public opinion will let you off with a slap on the wrist. <laughs> but he um yeah the the words that he used were like yeah and my friend said that he examined his behavior and if that's what came out of this then I guess it was a good thing sort of. Oh, boy. Uh, that, okay. Yeah, that is that for me like is the funky part. This idea that he's given us a gift. Exactly. <laughs> that, like he did something to someone that made them feel so violated and so terrible that they chose to put this out in an article online. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, uh, the, you we know, don't know that girl's name still. Right. Do you know what I mean? We still don't know that girl's that name. Was, I don't blame her. That was right. bad. That was also bad journalism by well, babe, by babe.net. That was like everyone I know that like works had that beat or that was working. 
working in the beat of like sexual abuse, we're all like rubbing our temples like, no, why did you do it that way? It was so salacious. It was so one source. It was, there's a lot wrong with it. Yeah. But the girl is still anonymous. Well, right. But the, but again, like what the, the decision to put that out there like that, you know, to me is indicative of the level of, you know, inner turmoil and pain that person and felt. fear. Yeah, that person felt to kind of, to, to go there and to then take that and say, well, I helped a buddy examine himself. Right. Was it Chris Hardwick? <laughs> I mean, it's actually very similar to the Chris Hardwick mm-hmm. situation. And Chloe Dykstra definitely took a hit for that. I mean, mm-hmm. she put her name on that medium mm-hmm. and the gamer community went after her and she's like a gorgeous redhead as it is. And so I thought it was brave of her to tell that story. But boy, And Chris also Hardwick, relatable because you're both redheads. Well, <laughs> we're both married to Hearst's. No, but, um, but, you know, and I've known Hardwick for a long time. And so he and his army sort of came after me because I just, I think I may have reposted it or stuck up for her or something like that. I'm I'm definitely in the I'm gonna believe the woman first. Um, I probably shouldn't be on the Supreme Court because I'm not <laughs> I'm not so into evidence. Um, no, but I do tend to believe the woman first. And also I know her and you guys might know her, but you know, the level of of hatred and vitriol that you take. And I mean Chloe also was like from the gaming world mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So um I would say the, their situations are a little bit similar, the Aziz thing and the Hardwick thing. Mm-hmm. But the Hardwick thing, like when she wrote that story about him, you know, her her getting an abortion and then him like going right up to the doctor going, so I can have sex with her tonight, right? right. Like we could have sex tonight. Mm-hmm. Once again, we're not saying you're Jeffrey Epstein, but you are beyond being creepy. creepy. Yeah. That well, person is an object. That person is, yes. Th- and then Hardwick, is... they circled the wagons around Hardwick mm-hmm. and he's got like 17 shows on NBC. <laughs> yeah. So well, Kathy, you bring up a really interesting point because you say you, you know two people who have been very publicly creepy, Aziz and, and Chris Hardwick. Yes. And yesterday, well, I know Louie. I know all the yeah, yeah. yeah you know, comics. you know all the creeps. Yeah. Did you bring <laughs> photographs with all of them? I <laughs> I kind of know the list of who's going to get me to Kathy. Next. Oh, Kathy hung funny. up a bunch of sandwich shop style pictures of her posing and pointing at all the creeps <laughs> in the studio today. You can't see it's it. It's actually a calendar. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like yeah, they used to be fireman's cal- hot fireman. Yeah. Now it's just creeps. Every month is a new creep. Creep of the month. That actually oh, go on for years and years. It could be weekly, daily. It could an almanac. Like one creep almanac. Like far side day. Like things that you just peel it off. But don't you guys think it really is a big part of it? Is the way the other bros circle the wagons? Like mm-hmm. I'm, I hate that I'm 58 and I'm still experiencing bros before hoes. Mm-hmm. Like when are we gonna get it together to stick together like the guys do? I mean, what are the hoes gonna get it together? Yes, we uh, hoes are together. <laughs> we are in this together. Yes. I think technically the hoes are together right now. This is where yes. where we're yeah. ra- this is the rally. But yeah. I know that if I turned my back for one second, you would talk crap about me. <laughs> I mean, I'd be the first one going, Where the hell's that box set? She said she would <laughs> give me something. She's, how is it not here immediately? Oh my god, I knew it. <laughs> well, yesterday Nikki Glazer tweeted something about um how, oh, he seemed like a perfectly nice guy, people talking about sex offenders. Yeah. And like I feel like all of of us know somebody or have encountered somebody who were like, yeah, they were perfectly nice. Oh, fuck. Right. They were that. How do you handle that? Well, I think it depends on who you are, too. Like yeah. me just being a comic for so long, like if I can quote my pal, uh, Rosie O'Donnell, I hope she's not offended, but she was talking about Harvey Weinstein and she said, I think she had done three Weinstein movies and she genuinely didn't know that part about him. And she goes, you know, Griffin girls like us, they want to call us cunts, but they don't want our cunts. And <laughs> honestly, what's 
what I find is I really do know a lot of these Me Too guys. And I mean, I don't mean to sound like I'm not hot enough, but they do talk to a woman like myself, who's sort of almost more masculine because I'm in a male dominated field. Mm. And so I can't really act like I know what that's like to be the, I guess, object of desire. You know, they kind of see me more as like the punch on the arm. Yeah. But once again, we all have to get together and protect each other in that way. So mm-hmm. I don't want the girls that were Me Too to see me as like, oh, you don't get it. You're just an right. obnoxious comic. And I don't want to look at those girls and be, oh, well, you were a movie star. Quit bitching. So right. I, I still think we got a lot of work to do about coming, really coming together. But to, I mean, to me, like how I kind of feel about it, because I feel that same way, like meaning that personality, meaning I don't, I've never been on the receiving end of that kind of behavior from like just known creeps. But to me, the moment I find out you're a creep, you're trash. Yeah. Mm. Even if you didn't do something to me. Mm. And I will talk mm. about it. Yeah. Like, I have no qualms <laughs> bringing it up. Yeah. I think sometimes people are like, well, I wasn't involved, so I'm not going to say anything. No. Which is, which is like a political way, which yeah. again, you, I'm not saying we all tell tales out of school, but the point is like, if I hear that you have been trashed to somebody, you and I don't interact anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't necessarily have to make that a rallying cry. Again, like you got to handle your issues with your God and hopefully the police. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but it's like, I'll like, I will conduct myself in a way that says like, I don't, I'm not around you anymore. I'm not doing anything that gives you money. In any right. capacity? Yeah, it's good enough for me that someone that I trust and think is legit said the following things. As long as I've examined, do they really have a motive? Do they have an agenda? Mm-hmm. Well, they don't. I mean, these these Epstein women coming forward, they obviously have no agenda. They feel more guilty than anything. Right. So I find it, you know, and as you know, 0.5 of 1% of rape uh, cases that even go to trial get convictions. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's something that, like, I still think we need to get into the male consciousness over and over Well, what and about over. the recent case? I'm so sorry to come on Hysteria and not have my names down, but the recent case, um, the judge, where the boy um, literally uh, texted when your first time is rape to his friends. Like, we got, you know, we got Uh him in writing saying he did it. And the judge being like, this is a smart boy with a good future ahead of him. Someone should have thought about, someone should have told the victim about what coming forward and pressing charges would mean for him. Oh, yeah, it's her fault. I mean, we're still living in a her fault society. And also, let's face it, a lot of these judges are old white dinosaurs, and we all know it. And the white Mm -hmm. guys love it. And the women are like, when are you guys going to, you know. I will say that when you have two people on the Supreme Court who have been accused of sexual harassment in the highest court of the land where there's nine people and it's a lifetime appointment, I think that says exactly, it says exactly where we're at. Yeah. Um, I would have Nine people are creeps. Two out of nine. Mm-hmm. Two out of nine. It's mm-hmm. like, and they just made it to the top court of the land. And then you want me to believe in justice in America? Right. Cool, 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 cool. Got yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I was going to say is when I started stand up, I remember getting so much bullshit. And I've never been a person who like, you know, I don't I present myself as like, what kind you know, of bullshit. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it would it would be like I would be trying to be nice and charming and like meeting people at like yeah. the improv or whatever it was. And it was like immediately getting hit on in a way that like I grew up being like the smart person in my school. So mm-hmm. I was actually very offended. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, how dare you? Yeah. How right. da- who the fuck do you think I right. am? Also, I'm like pretty mean. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, what the fuck? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, how dare you think that you can talk to me this way? That will way? serve you well your entire career. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Stick with it. I like it. Pretty but you're mean. right. The guys don't do that. I mean, obviously, a guy comic doesn't go up to another guy. Hey, you look hot tonight. And so that still goes on in clubs and theaters and comedy to this mm-hmm. minute. And, and that hasn't changed. And I've been doing it freaking 30 years or whatever. Time. And how do you navigate, like, especially when you're starting as like a young woman, if you're getting hit on a bunch of times or it's like what I found was like somebody would ask me to lunch or somebody would ask, you know, and I 
I was like, I'm not interested. Or I'd be like, oh, I don't date comics or blanket. I won't date comics. Yeah. And then I wouldn't get put on that show again. Yeah. Well, yeah. Or the way sometimes I feel like what they will, what a lot of guys will do too, would be like, yeah, come do my mic. And then you kind of do the mic. That's like mm-hmm. the intro, the way, the initial lure. Yeah. Right. Because they know that's what you really want to be doing. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. And then they'll be like, while you're here, arm around you, let's go yeah. hang out. You know what I mean? Like they, it, it's so frustrating when, um, and I had a couple early experiences of just like hooking up with a guy, sure. like a couple comics. And the reason why I like, I very quickly stopped because what happened for me, and this is all me, like, you know, there were consensual situations, but then, you know, I, I got all crazy in the head, honey. That's what happened. <laughs> but then I wouldn't go to that mic or that show anymore. Yeah. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, if I'm trying to do this, I can't risk that. Right. There are already mm-hmm. two now places I can't go mm-hmm. in the West Village now. Well, that brings up a really an interesting point because you know it seems like sometimes people men when the Weinstein stuff was going down and when Steve Wynn was being accused of basically running a Weinstein type operation out of Vegas the Republican Party and that's still another has thing it. that's scary is the yeah. Epstein and Weinstein they have this apparatus uh-huh. that is so deep and so layered is horrifying to yeah, me yeah Steve Wynn also really not one person is going to pull out the house of cards and go I'm not going to play right not one person has the balls to go no I'm going to put a stop to this right because I think they would I hate to say it they'd probably listen to the dude who goes this isn't cool yeah more right. than one of us and that's what right. the culture shift right now is supposed to be I think hopefully the, the when's whole it coming point, when's well, it happening well the whole I think the whole point of like me too and all of that shit is that it's like that's that that this it's like if you see something say something because when it's when you're in an apparatus where you're like your paycheck is yeah. coming from a Harvey do you know what I mean it's like what do you fucking do? like I can, or maybe I'll, you've you, you committed a crime yourself like, yeah I would think well, exactly. the Epstein you right. know pyramid scheme I would think some of those folks may be liable as well right. this is when you're too, complicit because yeah. that is a question for both for the Epstein situation also Harvey the the women who were used as baits and lures, yeah. you know, also usually working for those people. So your paycheck yes. is dependent, but they have, you know, put them in there because what I hear over and over in the case of Weinstein or even Epstein, I was reading an article, um, another victim came forward recently. Just today. Yeah. yeah and it was, um, you know. These men who also they prey on the ambition of yeah. these women, whether it's a 14 year old who wants to be a model or an actor. Right. She wanted to be a dancer. Yep. And they, you hear this guy has connections. Yes. And like, yeah. I, I thought she, the greatest thing she said was because people really forget this. I loved when she said, I mean, come on, I was 14. Who knows what they're doing when they're 14? Yeah. Right. And I thought that's a, such a great thing to dispel the myth of because, I mean, my whole life I come from, you know, like I said, I'm the oldest one here. And when I grew up, literally discussions in my house were if a man rapes his wife, is it rape? Like, mm-hmm. that's how bad it was. Those right. discussions are still happening in parts of America. What? Those yeah. discussions are still happening. I remember, co- like, covering this when I was working at, at Jezebel. There was, like, something... Pe- people... Are, there are still marital rape laws on the, the books that are, like, people are debating whether or not it's possible. It, oh, it's still happening. But yeah. I think going back toward the apparatus of everything and, and, you know, depending on a certain structure to give you money or... I guess maybe the mindset, if you're a woman that's getting through it, is just like, I just need to get through this level. Mm-hmm. And then I pass through this level and then I'll be on like the easy, you know, and then I'll be on an easier level. And I think a lot of these perps also tell them, oh, that's how it worked with so-and-so. Like when you hear mm-hmm. Weinstein going, well, I slept with Paltrow and look at where she is now. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. then you read her op-ed and it's heartbreaking as well. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's also like they, they tell you that they will kind of help you along, but it seems like their ambition is fueled by a desire to just victimize people. Yeah, right. Like it feels, right. 
feels to me like Weinstein was just in the movie business because he just wanted to do Get, rape. Yes. Be around, yeah, like be he around attractive really. young he, women. He's no creative visionary. Yeah. yeah. Also, no. also, like, you totally do rapes. <laughs> do rapes. Yes. The, the, the phrase systematically. Do, you, you, don't, you don't rape. You, you do rape. Do I mean, rape. He you do rape. In. He was on a nine to five schedule. <laughs> yeah. We do lunch. Yeah. yeah. He you do right. rape. He does rape. But so, same thing with Epstein. It's, it seemed like right. he was just like, yeah, I'm a I'm a mysterious billionaire who somehow made money. A question I, by mark. The way, we need to see his tax returns as well. well yeah, I love his hedge that? fund, and I'm doing air quotes, hedge fund, <laughs> very mysterious. And the other thing that is, is still shocks me is like when I read the Lupita Nyong'o op-ed, I thought of the nerve of Weinstein to go, here's a Harvard grad, brilliant actress, and yet they're clearly far beyond that. Like thinking like, well. I think she was Yale, Kathy. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, but. You know what? I'm from the wrong side of the tracks. <laughs> I, I went to junior college occasionally. Um, <laughs> but, you know, the, I, I guess that's another thing where they get to a point where they think it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter how talented you are, yeah. your accomplishments. I've been getting away with this and I'm going to keep doing it. Well, OK, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like I remember what made me so angry about, you know, after Lupita's um, piece came out, that was the only person Harvey Weinstein like piped up about. About like meaning in the like responses where he was just like absolutely not or something like that and I like you know and for me I I assumed that that's very racialized yeah mm-hmm. when it came to everybody else you know yes but then Lupita says something he was like excuse me right and it was like <laughs> right. okay Harvey you kept your ass quiet till now why yeah because why? I think he feared the wrath of the black community because I think the black community frankly is better at getting together and mobilizing not unlike mm. the LGBT community and they get they're used to mobilizing because of having to and I think also she's such a beloved figure like. He really, he picked the wrong bitch to rape, let me just say. <laughs> but, you know, she has such gravitas behind her that I think even he, it's, and in, in, I would liken it to Trump not going for Michelle Obama. Mm. Even that fool yeah. knows, mm. don't, don't, don't talk about her. Yes, yeah. that's right. One thing that might be helpful, like when I was doing research for my film, I talked to a sexual harassment expert who like worked on the Anita Hill case and whatever else. And so I was like kind of asking about the gradations of like the difference between, like what makes somebody a serial harasser versus like, and so she kind of had these gradations and I guess you could say it a gradation of like creepiness and I found it very interesting and helpful. And so she was like, and she was talking about in the world of astronomy where there's like, you know, science, cause I was writing a movie about astronomy. And so she was saying in the, in the academic world, she goes, there's certain guys who are like, like there was a guy out of, um, out of Caltech who kind of quote unquote fell in love with two of his graduate students and then kind of kicked them out of the department, which is like, you know, which is like, and when you That's get love. loving. That's love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when <laughs> you, or use the power, but go ahead. And it's like, and because it's such a, a pyramid scheme to like mm-hmm. be successful in that business, it's like, if you like lose your thesis advisor, you're yeah. fucked. So it's like, it's got a very like similar to entertainment. It's like, you need that benefactor. You need that person to help bring you up or matriculate because like, that's how you can kind of rise in this business. So it becomes very high stakes. And the in, ratio in in Caltech as well as Hollywood, the ratio is like 10 to 1. Yes. At yeah. least comedy. I can't yeah. speak for the rest of Which Hollywood. is one of the places where most of this stuff happens. Yes. So male-dominated environments, like just in general, and that is whether it's in philosophy, whether it's in STEM sciences, whether it's in a, an academic institution, mm-hmm. like in some of the best ones NASA. in the country slash world. Exactly. That's like in finance, in Silicon Valley, mm-hmm. is all yeah. when there isn't like gender parity. Right. And it makes such a massive difference for the way that women get treated. But uh, this, the one thing I think is very interesting 
interesting about that is that in this case, she was like, that's a man. She looked at that and she was like, that's a man who's incredibly poorly socialized. That's a man who looks at that situation and is like, these women are being really nice to me. She digs me now. He can't go to a bar. He doesn't ha- he never developed the social skills mm-hmm. to be able to like understand. So he like falls in love with them. And it comes from his own like deep naivete and like kind of total lack of like understanding what relationships are like between people. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's entitlement also? A hundred percent. And it's still terrible and it's still inexcusable. But she made a and she was like, and still all of those things. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like if if, uh, if you're 60 and you feel like your 20 year old yeah. grad student is fucking digging you. Yeah. Well, would she would you think that if, if you, you guys were at the gas station or yeah, yeah and, exactly. or if you were at a bar, do you think yeah. she'd be digging you then? No. Or do you think maybe it has to do with power? No, his own <laughs> wife doesn't want to fuck him anymore. And then the and so and verses and then verses. Sorry, this is like a TED talk. I mean, um, but, ver- but verses the, the <laughs> yeah, don't forget about the disc. Um, <laughs> what is that I do? <laughs> but uh, versus the like um, versus the Weinstein, like the serial harasser, the predator, where it really does come down to the notion of power. And it comes down to like um, Bill Clinton, when he had his um, affair with Monica Lewinsky, it was at the lowest point in his presidency at that time. Mm-hmm. So it's associated with the ego. It's associated with like a way to make oneself feel better or like with your own self-esteem um, and raising that self-esteem and exerting that power over other other people primarily as opposed to like coming from like the janky not understanding mm-hmm. the relationship which is why the person is running the same game over and over and right. over and over and over again on people. right but the first version of that you're telling is like a person who's awkward and that's a little bit that you feel a little bad for that person i feel like people in the second category constantly try to push themselves into the first category sure. oh i just right. i didn't know they're predators right. Right. who want to act like i'm just kind of dorky right but they're 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 predators right and they're very good and i also think they hone their skills the more mm-hmm. they do it absolutely like, and I'm you become sure very FC good at it yeah found out how to find these girls in a crowded room of a thousand he'd go there's the one who's somehow in a vulnerable place where i can prey upon her and that's what grooming is yes grooming is the ability to be like and, grooming, then, and he was a big groomer yeah and yeah. grooming is the ability to be like you know if naomi and i were at that party one time. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, and I like put my hand on your shoulder. I put my hand on your knee or that guy puts the hand on the waist or whatever else. And it's like, there's going to be a girl, there's going to be a girl who might be Aaron, who's going to be like, get your fucking hand off my ass, Mm -hmm. you know, or get your hand off of me. And then there's going to be another girl who's like kind of nervous and doesn't want to like rock the boat or whatever else. And just kind of like, ha ha ha, but feels very uncomfortable. And that to that predator is a sign or a green light to be like, okay, cool, cool, cool. I guess now I can like put my arm around. Now I can do the next thing. Now I can do the next thing. So can really sense so it. they're yeah. they're like the, all of those like every moment that you don't say no mm-hmm. is the is how is how you find yourself in that situation. And right. those are the cues that I'm not even saying these women put out. Those are the cues that these guys are looking for. Are, right. No, it's they, absolutely they see yes. them as cues for themselves. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Do you remember the first time that a guy was creepy toward you? Yes. What was it? It was a guy I was on a date with and he was um, he wanted to you know have sex and I just didn't want to. And he just got so aggressive that I remember I was living in Santa Monica in my rent control days. <laughs> and um, I remember running out of his apartment and him chasing me to my car. And I had like my parents Dodge Dart, by the way. <laughs> and I get in the car and I'm the whole, but I admit the whole time I was doing the female de-escalation thing. Right. Because I wasn't mm. about to stand there on the street and scream because I didn't know if some bro would come by and go be quiet, bitch or whatever. Right. So I was just like, hey, maybe next time um, I got to go. Like the whole thing. I was pretending like I was doing something bad. And I'll never forget this guy 
Like, I know, I know it's an expression, you know, I dragged him. But honestly, I like couldn't close the door. And I was like, if I don't keep driving, he's going to get in because he's so much stronger than me. And I, he like held on to the open door for a few feet. Oh my feet. God. Yes. Nice. And then I closed the door. And once again, like you said, I was out of there and never back and never yeah. returned to call. You know, yeah, that's Where not creepy. That's deeply violent. Yeah. That is yeah, terrifying. It was, it was yeah. really scary. Oh but I God. also admit, at that age, I mean, I was, I'm 58 now, so I was probably like 23 or something like that. I also remember not feeling comfortable telling even my friends, much less my parents. You know, because right. I Were think I probably, had, I think I, I think at that time I probably had friends. You know, this is decades ago that maybe ha- would have been split. Like half would have been like, "Oh my God, that's horrifying," and half would have been like, "What'd you do? Why'd you, well, <laughs> why'd come you, on, Kathy. You, I mean, I've seen your act. Come on, what'd you do?" And I'm why'd like, you uh, go home with him? Why didn't you know any better? <laughs> right, right. Like, why? What? How would you have not read those social cues in the bar? Yeah. Like all of that shit that would have. How? How did you? How were you not clever enough to know that this person was going to treat Can you I that tell way? You his you game, got back by to the his way. And I, I mean, I shouldn't laugh because it's not funny. But the thing that I sort of have to chuckle at because it's been so long is <laughs> you can make fun of me. He was a Buddhist. And right before Amazing. he chased me out to <laughs> assault me, Amazing. he was like doing like the Nam Renki Ko and like that. And I remember thinking like, what a peaceful, right. meditative <laughs> man. So like now I know like that right. was his game. That was his like, game. Like, oh, that as long as like, he had the whole thing with the candles and the bell and the whole thing. And I remember thinking like, oh, OK, this is a respectful, quiet place <laughs> next thing you know i'm running out the door going no and like my take it off of my yeah. dodge dart oh my yeah. god naomi do you remember the first time someone was a creep to you i do not remember specifics but i feel like there were moments when i was maybe a teenager and again what i look back on because i think a big thing i didn't have very high self-esteem especially with regard to my physical appearance so that's like, and again that's like part of that game too like for mm. people where it's like you know, so there were times for me where like to get someone's attention yeah. was like nice. I was like, oh, wow, me? Really? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. but then looking back, where I'm like, oh, shit, that was inappropriate. And uh, for me, I associate it with a lot of like um, lower back touching. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but like on but without um, anything happening, like, you know. When you're at a bar and a guy, you know, is coming past you and like grabs your butt to yeah. move by. Yeah. Mm. Stuff like that where it's like, I guess what I'm saying is like it was anonymous stuff. People who I didn't necessarily know or have like an inter- interpersonal relationship with. Mm-hmm. But to have like that kind of touching or, hey, sweetheart, I got a question. You know? And there's like, a reason eh. they do it when they're walking behind you because they know that you kind of don't have time to process it and go like, hey, what? and then they're gone. Yeah. Or they're moving down to the next one. When they're behind you, you don't have a face. Yeah, like, yeah. which is goes along with Big what you're saying. Them. Early Big score for them. Big score for them. Yeah, it's like a, an, another part of the objectification. I, and I remember having a creep. Oh God, it's like literally flooding back. Okay, mm-hmm. call my I'm therapist. Sorry, have her on the, have her on the side. Um, but I remember there's a guy. And your mom. We and went. Your mom. Out, we went out. There's a guy I met at a party, and he was like, like at a bar out, and he was cute, and he was like looking at me, and then like, and then he's like, "Can I get your number?" Okay, fine. And then he like calls me up the next day, and again, those things were looking back, where like he must really like me, yeah. And I'm like, no, 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 he's speeding up the process, yeah, right. He's gonna get me on the phone by like day one, so he can see me day three. Then we went to some part. We we Mm. went to a bar, and then he was like, "Oh yeah, my friend owns this place. There's like a room upstairs." And, you know, we went to the room upstairs and he pulled out his penis mm-hmm. and asked me to hold it. Mm-hmm. Hold and it? I, yeah, well, of course, I'm sure hold was the gateway to, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. it was something where it was like, it was like, we were up there. Nobody else was there. 
I didn't know what I could conceivably do right, if his also, friend owned this bar. you've been told, like, oh, this is like the special secret VIP area, and my friend owns it, God. so if anything happens, the friend will come up and hear my cries. Like, it, yeah. he set it up perfectly. Yeah. I mean... And then it was like and not the first time I'm uh, suspecting for this guy. I'm, oh, I'm sure. A seasoned pro. I'm sure, but yeah. it was just crazy how initially when it was like he called me the next day, I was like, "Whoo, I am in." You know, he likes me, and mm-hmm. then being like, "Oh no, 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 mm-hmm. this was all this." Yeah. You know, yeah, Karen yeah. Creek Ugh. talk. Yeah, <laughs> so there's so many. Like, yeah, but one I was thinking of that might be a nice gradation from this is like I remember one time I really, really liked a dude in college. You know, who like beautiful writer and like has this like really like romantic kind of lyrical style of like writing like lent me these books like from his family and then it was like I returned the books on Halloween mom don't listen to this episode <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. listen to J.D. Salinger, it was like J.D. Salinger. <laughs> I was like I love the way because she, she's like wants to be supportive and then yeah. she's like I was listening and then she's like oh well you said on the podcast that you were going to be dating so how's that going <laughs> and I was like stop fucking listening mom you can't listen to all the podcasts it's like it's very restricting <laughs> I'm just gonna be like no she's gonna hear this one and be like sorry kitten I wasn't t- I was just trying to be supported and they should get all upset it's like the whole thing our parents should, our yeah. mom should have Fully. a thing together and then they can have a one on one and the bottom line is it's your fault right. yeah, yeah yeah it's your fault it's a one on one with Aaron it's both of, it's like a deal and a Paragon combo <laughs> um, but like I remember he had these um, so it was I was returning the books and it was like Halloween and then he had um, he had this uh like pictures, like photo albums of his family. And he's like showing me all these photos of like his family and whatever else and talking about, you know, his mom or whatever else. And like asking me about my family and we're in like a class together. And he's like tracing my hand with his palm. Oh, the hand trace. Not the hand trace. (laughs) Coupled with the family album. Which is just like. Which is probably stock photos (laughs) from a Sears catalog. And it was like, I I remember like now I look back and I remember there was like, there was this is funny. I remember there was a there was a photograph of him like shirtless holding a, a trumpet. And I was like okay. and I was like like Artie and I was like That's a grinder profile. Wait, and I go, but I go and I go, Oh, do you do you play? And he was like, No, no, he didn't play the trumpet. It's like, where'd you get the trumpet? Why were you holding that trumpet? Like, where's your shirt? Where's your Where's your shirt? Where's your shirt? Is there a blazer? What's going on? But anyway, so I remember thinking, like, this is like a really nice guy. And we hooked up that night. Like, we mm-hmm. hooked up, and then it was like, and then I remember immediately, immediately after the hookup was done, like, I'm talking like immediately, like he um he was like, oh, just just to be clear, like, I'm just like not interested in anything. This is kind of like a one time thing. I'm like super busy. I'm like, you know, writing my thesis and like, <laughs> all this stuff. How of him to be so you know, honest right. with you yeah. at just the wrong time? Right. Yeah, I was like immediately after. Yeah. And I remember like it really felt like like a sucker punch. I remember yeah. being like, wow. And I and I remember that night. I remember like so I was like staying in the bed because like I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable. And I remember mm-hmm. having this like Ugh. very specific moment at like. I remember like I couldn't sleep and then I was like thinking, oh, I have to see this person's like it was a college. I'm going to see their roommates mm-hmm. in the morning. And I remember like looking at the clock and it was like three in the morning. And I was like, and in my own mind, it was like, Karen, like why? Like that was shitty. Like you don't have to be here. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be here. Like, and I was just like, okay, just try to get up really quietly. And I'm like having this like, whole internal monologue. And I got up and I was like, I got to go. Yeah. Do you know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. And it was like, I, I and I left, mm-hmm. but it was really, 
and I could tell that's the first time that somebody has ever done. Like, I do think that guy was running game. Mm-hmm. And I do mm-hmm. think that he's done that a lot of times. I think that the timing of when he did it was not respectful to the other person. I mm-hmm. think it was very manipulative. And it, again, it's it not like sort of it was implies cons- like, oh, he's such a, he's such a catch. He's got to let you down gently. Yeah. yeah. Like, don't get your hopes up, honey. Everybody's in love with him. Right. right. There's know- no rain coming, sweetheart. Right. Right. <laughs> he's like, I've been here before. Yeah. You should know that I'm very busy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a very anyway. So That's, that is creepy behavior. But it was mm-hmm. creepy. I think it was a very like it was creepy behavior and it felt like it felt yucky. Yeah. It felt like and it felt like I didn't you know, I was like, if you can do that immediately after, why wouldn't you just say that at the beginning? Yeah. Why wouldn't you just say why wouldn't you just say Because he doesn't want you to have the choice. That's right. I mean, he mm-hmm. wanted to control the person. whole deal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's bring this conversation around. What about full, you? Full I want to hear oh, your creepy. Yeah. Give me your first Come on. Creep. I love the way she's like, let's bring it around. Uh, I was like, no, Aaron. Let's take it down lower. Let's yeah. take it lower. A Worse. Midwestern corn fed creep. Tell me everything. Yes. Uh, well, he wasn't a Midwestern corn fed creep. He was a football player at the oh. University of Notre Dame where I attended college. Oh, boy. Um, was he, it Regis Philbin? <laughs> No. I know that's an odd difference. I just, I think he went to Notre Dame. Uh, he, he, he I'm never, sorry, Joy. Never, never shuts up about okay. it. Actually, I had a couple of friends who lived in the dorm where he had lived, Zom yeah. Hall. And one day we were like freshmen and they, it was like a Saturday morning. It was a football Saturday and there was a knock at the door and they were all hung over and they opened the door and fucking Regis Philbin was standing. <laughs> he just like came into his old, he's he's hard to see his old he's dorm hardcore. room. He's yeah, hardcore. Which is pretty funny, but it wasn't Regis Philbin. No, there was a, a guy who was on the football team who was in one of my freshman year classes and I was like very very innocent going into college I didn't date in high school I didn't party or do drugs I just got good grades and like went home <laughs> and filled out college applications that's pretty much all I did what an asshole I, I was a real dick I was a I was a sassy nightmare for my mom but other than that I didn't do anything bad in high school and that's why we get along mm-hmm. sassy Aww. nightmares <laughs> um but I was like kind of you know Innocent. And it was one of those things where I thought he was he was really attractive and we were in the same class and he was like, well, come over and we can come over to my dorm room and we'll study together. And I honestly thought. And you love studying at the time. I did. He got you. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I honestly thought that, A, we were going to study, but I also thought that, B, we were flirting and it was like going to be like a study session that like where we did study, but perhaps moved the flirtation forward slightly. But I wasn't like planning on hooking up with him or yeah. anything. You thought it looked like, du- you thought it was going to be Dawson's Creek. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is like yeah. TV studying. Yeah. Yeah. TV study. I did. Yeah. I did. Still appropriate. Everyone's clothes are on, but it's a lot of Our like... knees are going to tie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But I went over there and he just immediately wanted to like hook up. And it was like, just like very, like tackle me hook up. I mean, oh. I should have expected the tackle because of the fo- whole football thing. Right. But so you got sacked. Yeah. Yeah, it was just sort of it was sort of like in in his defense, he when I was like, what are you doing? And I like pushed him away. He was just sort of like, oh, I thought that's what this was. And I was like, no, but it creeped me out so much. A, I was like disappointed in myself. It was just like it was like a 10 minute encounter where I was like, OK, I'll make out with you a little bit. And then like, no, mm-hmm. we're not going to. Mm-hmm. I, I remember thinking, like, how did how did I not know? Also, I fell for this notion. Like, I think a lot of times in the past when like creeps have taken me for a ride, it's been because I've been convinced that I was special mm-hmm. and to a creep, mm-hmm. nobody is special. Right. Yeah. Nobody, you're not, you're not, I mean, nobody, none of those actresses were special to Harvey Weinstein. No. None of those girls were special to Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, he probably couldn't pick him out of a lineup. Right. None of those women who worked as uh, domestic workers in Steve Wynn's Las Vegas mm-hmm. casinos mm-hmm. were special to Steve Wynn. And this, it, it's not in any way, on the same level, but I think that that's what creeps depend on. They like make a woman feel 
Like she's special and then immediately take that specialness away. Like they and, and they won't just listen to us. Yeah. Like really, like when mm-hmm. we say no, it, yeah. you know, like that whole like, uh, I, I don't know if it was Yale or Harvard. I'm so <laughs> frightened of you right now. I'm terrified. <laughs> Good. Um, but I'm walking who, here. Who was, who was the school that where they caught the guys on tape going, no means yes, no means yes. I yes mean, that means was, anal or whatever. Yes. yes. It's not even something they came up with. That's something frat boys have been yelling. That's what I'm saying. But I thought we were past that. Yeah. I was really disappointed to see that that shit still happens. Yeah. That, ugh, creepiness is something that men who are just very bad at sex fall back on, I think. It's I don't want to think it's timeless. What's the solution? I think the solution is that there are there are a lot of men who listen to this podcast. There are a lot of men who care. There are a lot of men out there who really don't want to hurt people. There are men who do, who get mm-hmm. off on it. Mm-hmm. But most men do not want to hurt people. And I think that it's really important for us to speak up. And this is just kind of a big moment of women being like, we don't like that. Yeah. And there are a lot of men who are like, wow, thank you for letting me know. Right. I, I did not know that you don't like that, but now I do know, so I won't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I think it's all, I think it's one of the things, you know, a lot of times, at least in my personal history, was this this fear of, quote, seeming crazy or overreacting. Yeah. And I I would love us to all give each other permission to overreact. Yeah. You know, even, even like, because you know what? If a, if, if just like a confused, maybe um, awkward creep who doesn't know, like gets yelled at one time at a bar. He gonna take a he beat. Has to oh, he gonna yeah. rethink it. Yeah, that's he, right. Maybe the yelling was too much. I'm doing air quotes, but like, if if we can just be okay with doing that, mm-hmm. and like says like, no, thank you, right? You know what I mean? And like, literally, like planting your feet and stopping on the street or something. Yeah. Again, I say that you know that is. Again, obviously, all depends on how safe you feel, whether you have Absolutely. an ally in that moment. But the more we do it, I think it's practice makes perfect. Like, yeah. I actually had a meeting yesterday with, like, a very alpha dude. I call him a check signer, like a buyer. <laughs> and he was great. And then he started coming at me, and I proposed something it was regarding the film. And he says, like, well, I take offense to that. And I've been in this business so many years. And I just went, well, I take offense to that. You're in my house that I paid for cash, $10.5 million. I got two Emmys and a Grammy. I got hardware. What do you got? <laughs> and I mean, this guy almost uh, laughed. Yeah. But you know what? Did I was his like dick fall off? Yes. <laughs> yes. And I And just, now it's next to your grandma. Well, you know what? I mean bronze it. Yeah, bronze I, it. She I, just has a I don't hate this guy. I just want him to think yeah. twice next time he's gonna step up to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Like and, and by the way, I didn't I wasn't this way when I was twenty two. Right. But at fifty eight with all the climbing and all the bullshit, I finally feel like I'm gonna step up to these guys. You know I had a run in with Leslie Moonves. Do you know about this? No. Oh, it's Girl. so dreamy, you're gonna oh die. Go on. Okay, so first of all, um, um, you know, I can't stand him. He's a pig and he's always been a pig. All right. So um, uh, I also, if you read the the op-ed by Linda Bloodworth Thomason about how he basically single-handedly said, you're going to go from being the number one, you know, showrunner, female showrunner, and, you know, women-driven shows just aren't as funny. Well, I was kind of a product of that. Like, suddenly Susan wasn't a great show, but at least I got to ride, like, the tail end of, like, the women-driven shows, right? Grace Under Fire or Murphy mm-hmm. Brown or whatever. So then, if you notice, all of a sudden, every show was like Jim Belushi, who's schlubby, but he's got the hot chick from Melrose Place as the wife. And there were all those, like, oh, I'm a dad, and the world <laughs> is against me, but my hot wife is here. But, you know, <laughs> so anyway, like, hearing her write that— like it went away overnight is something I think we need to remember is a lot of this stuff, like if you're going to play down even Louis C.K., the, the thing that bothers me about these incidents is they are dream crushing. You know, mm-hmm. it's not that they're just exactly. traumatic for the moment. Exactly. Like yeah. when I read that those two women left comedy forever, 
yeah. forever after the Louis thing. They didn't want to be a writer. They didn't want to be a stand-up. They didn't want to be, they were like, I don't want to be anywhere near this entire There's business. There's no space right. for me here. Right. right. That's why no I, I'm not moving yeah. on Louis. It's like, you know, yes, yeah. I've had nice encounters with him and we've had nice conversations, but you crushed their dreams. Well, that's what I mean. It's like they pray, like being praying on people's ambitions. Yeah. And then in that process, taking them away. And these you women know? really did. They yeah. left the business. Okay, and, so and let's move left. Yes. <laughs> Go on. Okay, so I was, um, you know, ever since my, my Trump photo scandal, I've been like persona non grata and all this other stuff. So I've been reaching out in all kinds of ways. I mean, I'll DM a showrunner and say, for God's sake, give me five lines on something. People think I'm an ISIS. You know, I mean, I'm <laughs> shameless. And so um, I reached out to a female former executive and I said, would you mind, you know, just having lunch with me? And can I just kind of pick your brain for an hour? Is it OK? And she was really sweet. She's like, yeah, of course. I think what kind of happened with you is kind of gross. And, you know, I haven't worked basically in two years. And she's like, OK, enough already. So I was like, all right, that's <laughs> nice. So uh, we went to the polo lounge, which I know is not good because I guess the Sultan of Brunei's son is still is there something with Sultan of Brunei? Well, it, we couldn't go there, and now we can again. But now I think we can't again. <laughs> anyway, so I'm gonna let me check in with the gay star chamber. Let me let me go to the meeting. But anyway, um, check next time Panera bread. <laughs> Delicious. Another, yeah, another Never good, had a health problem. Yeah, another good option. Totally another good option. So always. anyway, I go. You know, I go, and I'm I want to be early and be extra professional and jump higher and work harder. And you guys know that drill, right? So I get there and I walk into the polo lounge and I see like there's like six booths. And the only one that's occupied is by Les Moonves, who, you know, I've known for a long time. And my first thought was, well, 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 I bet it's been a long time since you were the first one at a lunch meeting. But <laughs> I didn't say that. And so I was such a bitch. I go, Leslie? Like that, really friendly. Yeah. So he looks up us from his phone and he goes, hi. So I turned to the maitre d' and I go, excuse me, I'd like a different booth. I don't like to sit near rapists. <laughs> and it was heaven. So I went and sat, <laughs> I went and sat at a different booth. I I didn't tell my lunch date because I didn't want to bring her into like my stuff. I didn't know, you know, but when we were leaving, it was so funny because the two, myself and this other woman walked out and the maitre d' was so sweet. He's like, Miss Griffin, thank you. I I apologize. That'll never happen again. And I go, well, well, thank you. (laughs) And my lunch date was just like, what happened? And I was like, oh, they brought a um, straw and um, that's ecologically unacceptable. (laughs) Like I just made something up, but it was kind of delicious because I just thought, what do I have to lose at this point? And who else is going to say it? Not Julie. (laughs) I might as well. Yeah, I think a they have to learn moment is something that I like have in my head a lot. Where I, I remember thinking you got a lot of nerve showing up at the polo lounge, Leslie. Yeah. You were just canned. Not like, even wearing a like a fake ago. glasses right. and nose. Right, get and the a fake wig. nose and yeah. go to you know go to a costume shop at least. And none of that shit is acceptable. And it's like and with him because I didn't know him personally, but then this is where the complication comes in. It's like Rachel Bloom was on the air for four years. Gina Rodriguez was one of the first females, like female minorities, to like get a show in a fucking long ass time. Mm-hmm. Want a Golden Globe for yeah. it. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like they, though, like he, like his network, because he had all that power, like they did bring up some young women. Yeah. Um, and that's real. Like that really. And like I shot a pilot with CBS mm-hmm. and it's like, and what do you fucking do when you're in a business? And I think this is true for many businesses that are male dominated where it's like, well, fuck, there were how many networks are there? Do you know what right, I mean? Right. How many are run by people who are ra- how many judges are right. there? How many right. chances do you get? Exactly. Yeah, right. you know, Especially as a female. Right. Yep. I mean, like, really. Like yep. if you're investing, you can buy into a into a portfolio that has no like firearms in it. It's like, can I mm-hmm. buy into a part of the industry that has no rapists? Right. Can 100%. I get a port a no rape? Creep. I would like less <laughs> rapey executives. Yes. I know it's a big ask. Less <laughs> rapey. That's all I ask. Yeah. If there's a way to just kind of scalpel out 
right. the creepiness, right. that would be great. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's really hard to totally extract yourself from an industry that seems sort of built around the pursuit of sex. Well, right. Because isn't it also like, because I also feel this way sometimes, again, like not putting stock into my physical appearance, but being in an industry where you still have to look good. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then trying to toe that line. Whether, of like, by the way, whether your job depends on it or not. Right. It's ridiculous. But that feeling of, you know, where you're like, okay, I, I want to look cute going in, mm-hmm. but not too cute. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I don't want to lead someone to believe that I am trying to utilize my body. Yeah. yeah, right. Like, I'm going for the head writer who sometimes does a cameo look. Like, <laughs> ready enough for a cameo, but not to be the lead actress. Yeah. Because that's just, it's it's fraught. It's, my yeah. goal is to get to a place where I can just wear garbage bags everywhere. Yes. And I'm not talking about Missy oh. Elliott style garbage bags. I'm talking about hefty Actual. from Ralph. <laughs> right. That's right. Dirty like, or clean. It's up to you. <laughs> that's yeah. your world. Uh-huh. Thank you. Speaking, yes. of, uh, speaking of garbage, let's talk about the president. Um, uh, really quick, Kathy, because you did uh, a movie about all of that stuff yes. that went down. Can you talk about whether or not the president of the United States is a creep? And <laughs> and well, why. you know, I know him. So first of all, I've known him off and on for like twenty five years. Sure. So the <laughs> irony of him, you know, what happened to me is historic in nature, and that's one of the reasons I made the film. And what I was going to say, like regarding confronting someone like Leslie Moonves, is you know, when you're me and you're just so persona non grata, like basically blacklisted, you really don't have anything to lose. And so I thought, I'm happy to confront him. There's nothing he can do to me, and I probably can't do anything to him either. But mm. it was good to. I, I just hope next time he goes to a restaurant, he's afraid I'm going to walk in because I'll do it again. Um, <laughs> and so, um, for example, um, when I couldn't sell a television special, even though, like I said, I have two Emmys and a Grammy and I'm one of only three women to win the Grammy for best comedy album in the history of the Grammys, which is a problem. That is a problem. Big problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, uh, I try to set watermarks for younger women. Like I'm actually in the Guinness Book of World Records and I've written and produced more televised stand-up comedy specials than any comedian, male or female trying to dispel the chicks aren't funny mm-hmm. thing. So um, when it came time to do the special, I hired a really good blue ship director and I funded it myself and no one would even look at a sizzle reel, nothing. Mm. So then I thought, hmm, when I was a little girl, we would go see comedy in theaters, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. And um, then I basically made a film out of it, got into South by Southwest. And then after that, augmented it with 30 minutes of actual doc footage. So it really is a docu-comedy. And now it's got this Fathom release, and I'm going to, um, actually it's going to show at 51 Fest on on Thursday, July 18th, which is Tina Brown is starting a inaugural festival that focuses on women creators, women filmmakers, you know, women, women, women. So I'm going to open that and then do a keynote with her. And then after that, they're going to show it at Outfest in the, For- the Ford Theater in Los Angeles. Nice. So I got the gays and the ladies. Yes. <laughs> and then um, Traverse City, the Michael Moore like political film festival on August 1st. And then we'll see. I mean, hopefully it will get a nice distribution deal and the story will be told because it is historic in nature. And it was just so terrifying to any buyer. I mean, uh-huh. I had more meetings right after the photo, a year after the photo, and I'd have mid-level meetings where usually women would be like, I love this. It can be a movie. It can be an unscripted series. It's an interesting topic. It's prescient. It's timely. And then they would kick it up to the, as I say lovingly, the old white dinosaur check signer. And over and over and over it was, I don't even want to watch a 30-second sizzle. Like, I, it's just the think? word is, like, I actually had a head of an agency say, Kathy Griffin is a life's too short situation. And I said, you know, um, Jay, I said, you know, Jay, I've made about $75 million over my career. I haven't yeah. kept it all, but I mean, I've made it. 
And I've generated maybe a billion. I mean, considering I've worked for every single network. I've right. done clean stuff. I've done naughty stuff. I've done basic cable. I've done commercials, football, you know, Super Bowl commercials. And to have that all gone overnight mm -hmm. over complete bullshit that the president full on made up. And this never happened in the history of this nation that the president would use the full power of the Oval and the Department of Justice to just open a federal investigation against me. And there was no call to see if I was like really crazy or really, right. really in, you know, ISIS. Um, wait, I have a new joke because it's taken me a long time to get there. Ask me, <laughs> um, uh, yell at me for being in ISIS. You're in ISIS and you're a monster. Oh, I worked at the gift shop for a week. All right. So, you know, it took me a long time to even laugh. And so, and so, you know, to this day, it's with me and I'm confronted to this day and blah, blah, blah. Um, so I just thought, you know, my new message is to women in particular, save your money. Like, I know mm. this is hacky and old, but like it's show business. Save your money for a rainy day because I got a monsoon. So <laughs> I ended up making a film and it's not dependent on any dude. No dude had to say yes. But I admit, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't it's know a, if someone's going to distribute it. Film. It's a creep-free film, I promise. <laughs> it, it is. There is cursing. If there is cursing. Okay, but you know, if you're going kids. to the movie, you're not supporting any creeps at any point in the scene. No, chain. Yeah. it's creep-free. That's creep-free. And I also Amazing. had to learn to change my whole new business model because I had had an agent. I had been working with promoters, and then they got scared of me. So I learned how to um, four-wall shows, and I would just send a $250,000 check to Radio City Music Hall and pay the rent myself. And I learned how to hire the ushers and the concession people and really put on the shows. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed learning that. So. Yeah. I also would say to a lot of women, let yourself be open. You might end, you might end up liking learning the business part of it that mm. either a dude used to do or someone told you was too above your head. But yeah. I've had so many calls from powerful guys just literally saying, the, who do you think you are? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just go, I'm Kathy Griffin. Who are you? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's it. That's all I got. So, and I started, you know, this is so bad, but like I started my first mailing list at 57. Like, hello, <laughs> I should have done that a while ago. I started my first text list. Wait a minute. Text 312-584-3787. Chicago? Yes, because I'm from Chicago. I have a 312 number. What? <laughs> yeah. Put me in your contact. Okay, I will. <laughs> and then, um, and what ended up really selling out the rest of the tour, because I think I really did kind of scare like Live Nation and those mm -hmm. boys is I just honestly sold off the tour with the text list and the mailing list because then I could really geo-target. And I hired a marketing firm in D.C. because in New York and L.A., they just didn't know what to do with me. It was a, you know, like I said, I was on the no-fly list. And then when I was finally able to you tour... Were on the you were on the no-fly list? list? For two months. That's I was investigated crazy. by the Secret Service and the U.S. Attorney's Office. So the U.S. Attorney's Office this was is ready of, to prosecute. This is because of the photograph. This is because of the photograph. That, okay, that the is comedian. a creepy response. It's a historic story, yeah, like for real. Insane. It's never, it's oh never happened. So one of the reasons, obviously, is I wanted to make the film to go, you know, this is not going to happen again on my watch. And I actually walk the audience through the actual under oath interrogation. Because a lot of people also think, like, I got a phone call. It's like, right. oh, no, no. It was right hand up, under oath interrogation. And the first question when I finished the interrogation was, I turned to the feds and I go, um, you know, once a comic, always a Comic. I go, am I allowed to speak about this publicly? And they said yes. And I was like, yes, right. it's in the act. It's in the act. Yeah. So, you know, I'm just, I've really turned into a do-it-yourselfer by habit. And it's not easy. It's way harder. And I don't know what my future holds, but I like it. Yeah. I like, you know, I like feeling like, hey, this movie has a chance. Yeah. It has a chance. Yeah. It sounds like you went beyond turning lemons into lemonade. You, you turn them into like a fermented lemon moonshine <laughs> that is like kombucha. Yeah. That's yeah. like very potent. 
Excellent and good for you. In a bronzed cup. Because also in my merchandise store, I also sell keychains that say, fuck Trump. And I make tens of dollars a year. And I've just released a new Kathy Griffin non-swearing bundle. And it's a First Amendment t-shirt, another t-shirt that says Legends Supporting Legends, and then some cardboard coasters that say Tip It in honor of my beloved mother who loves her boxed wine. So there you go. I'm I'm trying to tiptoe into the non-vulgar world. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very challenge for a very I like the C word. I like yeah. all the bad words. We can I believe in you. I think Thank you can you. I think you can do it. Uh, Kathy you. Griffin's new movie, Kathy Griffin, Hell of a Story, is in theaters July 31st. And we have to take a break, but when we come back, the hills will die on. You can live out your Master Chef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. Donald Trump can't leave the courtroom, so just to rub it in a little, Pod Save America is going on tour. He's probably asleep right now, but if he were conscious, he'd be so, so jealous. The Democracy or Else tour begins in Brooklyn on June 26th, followed by Boston on June 28th. Then we go to Madison, Phoenix, Ann Arbor, and Philly. See all the tour dates and get your tickets now at crooked.com slash events. Okay, we're back. Kathy Griffin is still with us. Same with Naomi and Kieran. And we are at the part of the show where we take adamant stances on things that do not matter. It's the hills we'll die on. Let's get started with a listener hill. Hey, Hysteria. My name is Caitlin. And the hill that I will die on is that peeing in the shower is gross. I have never (laughs) thought to do it or never Mm. wanted to do it. And contrary to popular belief, I don't think that makes me a liar. You know, people say, like, there are two types of people in this world, people who pee in the shower and liars. Well, that's just not true. I promise you. I've not peed in the shower, like, as an adult, maybe as a child, but not knowingly as an adult. And I think that's totally fine, and I'm willing to die on this hill in my non-pee-smelling shower. Thank you. I think that was very thorough. Yeah. Wow. I mean, she really covered all really ages and phases of her life. I believe her. I have a funny story about peeing in the shower. I was in a writer's room uh, recently that ended, but at one early day in the writer's room, I'm sitting there. It's like about half women, half men. Very awesome, like good mm-hmm. culture writer's room. But I'm sitting there in we're, we're brainstorming, we're breaking a story. And this one of the show, like the head writers comes in and he goes, Ryan points at me. You ever peed in the shower? (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, never in my life. And he was like, it's just you. And there's another uh, one of the other female writers who hadn't ever peed because they had apparently taken an informal poll in the other room that was breaking story. (laughs) Well, how did it go? Majority, minority. It was 
two people, me and this other woman who hadn't peed in the shower, okay. but literally everybody else, including the three other female writers. I have peed in the shower. It's all about the angle. I'm not peeing on my own damn feet. I'm no I fool. I can't get it to come out, and I can't even pee in the ocean. See, I'm around all it's that like, water. Well, it's, it's already something. Sweaty. It's like clamps in me or something. <laughs> what about the pool? How do you feel no, about the pool? No, I, I would wish. never pee in a pool. Oh, I wish. I'm not a monster. It's already going down the drain in the shower. A pool is an enclosed space, yeah. and I don't care about how, dare how you? much chlorine. <laughs> Karen. I think this girl on the hill, first of all, I love the way every listener hill sounds so beleaguered. Yeah. There's just a tone of just like, they're like, hey, hysteria. Right. <laughs> it's just like a... It's like they're rubbing been, their Yeah, temples. yeah, exactly. But I respect her level of detail. Yeah. yeah she gave good. a lot of info. Yeah, no stone unturned. Okay, so I'm going to I'm gonna give the hill that I will die on this week. Um, who here watched the Women's World Cup? I, I did. I watched it. Yeah. I, well, I couldn't watch the final all the way through because I had to get on a plane. But Highlights I, are fine. We, we'll go with highlights. <laughs> yes, but I, it was so fun to watch women, American women, a group of like— Women that included a lot of LGBT women, mm-hmm. like it was so cool and inspiring to watch them just like kick ass and be awesome. And I just want everybody to know that the hill that I will die on this week is that if you liked the Women's World Cup, they're still playing soccer. There is a National Women's Soccer League and they play in a bunch of different cities, Chicago, Houston, Orlando, Seattle, Utah, Washington. There's a lot of different cities that have National Women's Soccer League teams. Right now, the Seattle Reign are in first place. But if, they need you to fill those seats, right? Yeah, like, yeah. maybe that'll help with the equal pay. I thought it was so cool that instead of chanting USA, they were chanting equal pay yeah. with mm. the same cadence as USA. Yep. Rand, who's that um, male athlete that came out? Like, it was like LeBron or somebody really big who said they should be paid equal. I don't know, but a senator, Joe Manchin, who, we, who normally uh, I'm on the yeah. fence about, uh, he introduced a bill— um, saying that the federal government should not fund the World Cup in 2026 when it's in the Americas unless men and women's soccer get paid equally. He introduced Who drugged Joe Manchin? Right. I know. Very yeah. unlike him. Very, very Mrs. Cool. Manchin? He must yeah. have a wife or a daughter who Seriously. plays soccer. Right. You know? I, oh, I, <laughs> I, I, I want to see the roster. The roster. And see if she's it's personal. Uh, but if you want to see more women's soccer, nwlssoccer.com, and you can get all the standings and when the games are and stuff. And honestly, everybody should go see them play because they're awesome. And they did not pay me or put me up to this in any way, shape, or form. I just think people should continue to go see women's soccer. Hashtag not an ad. Hashtag not <laughs> an legal. ad. You're legal. And that is the hill that I will die on this week. Who wants to go next? Karen, you want to go next? You're looking at me. I don't <laughs> like when the people play their music publicly on the beach or really anywhere else. Like, <laughs> you, mean, you mean the artist? Like if you're there with Drake and then he plays his own? <laughs> yes, or Kathy, do you mean because civilians? I'm fucking hanging well, out with Drake, I don't know. You've got Kathy. a very wild life, apparently, with your <laughs> Ivy League upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, do so you mean like, I guess it's not boomboxes. No, but even like on their phone, like when yeah. it's like, yeah, without headphones. Yeah, mean, without whatever, headphones. Yeah. With the, the like, little speakers. That's or right. Whatever. Or yeah. a big speaker. Yes. Like I was at a New York City beach recently Your and grandma. I was like, I could not hear. I'm, no, I could not <laughs> hear the ass. fucking ocean. Do I you can't understand? hear my own the thoughts ocean, with you kids. <laughs> the ocean was drowned out by like the different iterations <laughs> of like techno music and like yeah. essentially the span of techno music. And I was like, I'm not this much fun. I didn't come here to like listen to your music. I came here to listen to some seagulls. Why are there pigeons? Right. You would never cut it at Lindsay Lohan's beach house for one second. Never. Because it's all about it's the boom, boom, boom music. Yeah, yeah. Not the so boom. much the waves. As the kids call it, the boom, boom, the boom, boom music. Boom, the boom, boom, yes. boom. Yeah. I don't like the boom, boom. I, I don't like it. the boom, boom when I'm running. I don't like the boom, boom Do on the like beach. Do you like that Calm commercial? Which I don't know. If, is that an app? That Calm commercial where it's raining? Calm. Yeah. So what is it? 
It's just an app that you play when you can't sleep, and it's like Matthew McConaughey reads you a bedtime story. Oh no! Oh, does, you talk about the wife sell you a handbag? <laughs> no, because okay. no, I'm not down with the wife's handbags. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so you have to go to the beach and listen to an app that plays waves. That's right. Oh, That's what I need to do. So or I need wrong. to go to a beach with less people. That's yes, the other yes. way to do it. But I, I was like, I was very, I was like, I don't. I find it very rude mm-hmm. that people would assume that I like what they like. I actually oh, of agree. I actually agree. Yeah, yeah. Like you're yes. an imposition. You're yes. assuming yeah. that I think. What you think is excellent is what I need in my life no, right don't. now. Louder They're, than you're waves. An object. Oh. oh, these people are not having any regard you're for the humanity of You're just a broken sandcastle yeah. in the way of their music. Not. Okay, <laughs> not. Gotcha. Okay. I found one. I'll, I'll die right. on that hill with you, Kira. Yeah, I'm with I you. I think that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Naomi. All right, yours? I found my hill. Okay, so as you did point out at the top of this programming, I went to Europe with my mom. We went, it was my mom, her husband, my fiance. We went to Amsterdam and something I saw that made me so fucking mad. We walked around the red light district and there were multiple gentlemen in trying to haggle with sex workers. Like she had the door open and they were kind of talking oh. and I just, and the hill I will die on. Don't you show up to a goddamn sex worker with a coupon. No. Okay? No. Do not. discount. No discount. She's already compromised her whole life and her spirit, for God's sake. Pay up. Pay her what she's worth. That's right. She's in a window of a strip mall. I could not even take these men trying to be like, oh. well, how many euros? Oh. But maybe. And again, I was like just hearing snippets as we were walking and by. And also, is that really where you want to save money? Thank do you know what I mean? Like, no, save do, on your vacuum. Do the women <laughs> visibly okay. give them like a scrunchy face? Like, seriously, sir? I, it was so funny because a lot of the women, too, they were like very bored. You know what I mean? And like having conversations. Like, <laughs> Doing first, their nails. My favorite was like the girls who were like texting. Who were literally oh. like in the window being like, do you want something? Right. <laughs> I have a higher paying client. Exactly. I'm, I'm texting right now. But then some of them, you know, where they're talking to the guys, you know, and they're like, they've opened the door like a crack. And they're kind of talking to them a little yeah. bit. And I'm just hearing bits and pieces like literally three times in like the space of kind of one block. Mm-hmm. Where it was like. But I only have 40, I hear him say. And it's like, well, you know what? You need to go home and read a goddamn book. That's right. (laughs) Okay, you are asking this person to provide you with pleasure. Mm -hmm. This is her living, especially in a place like Amsterdam where it's legal. Like, that is her living. And they want the full finish. You know what I mean? Not a hug. The hip. Do not come through up in here trying to haggle with a sex worker. Yeah. Okay, you trash. You trash. I you do it. That's my hill. That is how much it costs. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is that is how much it costs. Good hill. I'll and it's a good deal. Forty bucks for God's sake. <laughs> Grab a good deal. I know. I spend more on you know like on a piece of fish. <laughs> it wasn't tasty. You know what I mean? Not wasn't great. Not great. I was like the Indian in me appreciates a good bargain and the haggle, but right. it's like the woman in me is like no. Right. <laughs> and the store window with the lingerie. I mean, Come Which on, costs more than forty dollars. Thank you, pay her. Yes, yeah. and that's yes. not the place to save your money. Thank no, you. no, no, not at all. Okay, no. I'll die on that hill with you. Okay, Me Kathy, too. dime. Kathy, bring um, us mine's home. very shallow. Um, I have a new paranoid theory, which is that when Al Gore said the planet had you know two hundred years or whatever, and then every time I read a new article in like Scientific American, it gets it gets lower <laughs> and lower. So I now think the planet has two months tops. <laughs> two months, <laughs> two months. But, and after month one, we turn into the Walking Dead, and mm-hmm. then it's just the apocalypse. So I'm saying. If you have even a hint the apocalypse is coming, it totally is, then just go eat as many donuts as you want. I don't want to hear that they're deep fried. I don't want to hear from Gwyneth Paltrow and her goop philosophy. I say go to a donut shop, but make sure that they're hot donuts. 
because there is a difference. <laughs> a I'm a connoisseur. Donut. Thank you. So if you go to Krispy Kreme, make sure the light is on. Yeah. And if it's the apocalypse, just burst in and say, turn yeah. the light on. It's the apocalypse. <laughs> but I just am one of those where if you know something bad is happening, then just go and indulge. And uh, donuts are a food group. I think they're, they are uh, they have a bad rap. Um, they don't have any nutritional value, mm-hmm. but guess what? Sometimes I don't need it, especially when it's the apocalypse. Oh yeah. Okay. I, Sometimes which joy I, is nutrition. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. And there are days like today's news cycle where I think it just might be the apocalypse. Yep. I'm not sure if we're going to make it to midnight. I might go to a donut shop after this. Yeah. And I'm with you. I, I will die on that hill. Thank you. It will be delicious. I will be delicious. I will die on that warm. Yes. Warm warm the hot mound. ones out of the fryer. The warm, yeah. so the warm, the warm. The warm donut is a real. It's a real treat. It's a life changer. It's a life changer. Look, my face got happy. Yes. I'll die on that hill with you. I don't know if I'll have a donut today, but if things get any worse. Sidecar in Santa Monica. Yeah. They're always hot. Okay. Yeah. Not an ad. Not not a paid spokesperson. Sidecar in Santa Monica. Okay. That's all the time we have for today. Kieran and Naomi, thank you for stopping by. Kathy Griffin, thank you so much for coming by. Thank you, guys. Kathy's new movie in theaters July 31st. And thanks to Alyssa Mastermonaco for calling in. There will be more hysteria next week. Hysteria is a product of Crooked Media. Caroline Rustin is our producer. Our editor is Sarah Barrett, and Kyle Seglin is our sound engineer. Thanks to our digital team, Nadina Malconian and Elijah Cohn, for production support each week. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. (laughs) 